Hi, I'm Bob Witte with KPND in Sandpoint, Idaho. If I can be a fan of Skylight Books, LA's world-famous independent bookstore, from way up here in the Idaho Panhandle, then you can too from wherever you are. Visit the website, buy some books. You can even join their membership club and reap the benefits of supporting independent booksellers. Thanks. softer side meet me on the softer side softer side of your heart hi there and welcome to the skylight books author reading series you can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online you can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. And Illustrator Society, Los Angeles International Conference Portfolio Grand Prize for her artwork in 2011. She lives here in Los Angeles. I'm sure she does a lot of gardening. Um, she currently, <laughs> you can visit her website at Wheeler Studio. Um, this is her new book, Miss Maple Seeds. Please welcome Eliza Wheeler. Can you guys hear me okay? A little up, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. This is so awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming. This is amazing. There's a ton of people. <laughs> a lot of people I haven't seen for a long time, so it's really great to see everybody. And thank you all for coming so much. Um, so I didn't trust myself to, to know what to say on the spot, so I wrote it down. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> this is my first time giving a speech, so I'm going to fumble. So just like clap if I make huge mistakes. <laughs> um, okay, so a huge thank you to Skylight Books for hosting. This is awesome. This is my neighborhood bookstore, and they're incredible, and they have tons of author events every week, and it's really huge that they added me to the calendar. So thank you so much to Skylight uh, for being such an awesome indie bookstore. Um, also, thank you so much to my wonderful, amazing friends who did this, which is awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, uh, Jen, Kelly, Sarah, who threw her back out today so she can be here. Um, Robin, Rachel, Toby, and Lisa, thank you guys so much for helping me. This is awesome. Um, I also want to thank my family who aren't here, but they're celebrating in Wisconsin right now. And um, between my dad and my brother, I've had somebody Googling me like every 10 minutes for the past couple months um, daily, and I get all of my updates on myself from them, so it's, it's pretty awesome. And my dad's been calling me like every day for the past two months, so it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> 
Um, also, I have to thank Penguin Books and the amazing people that I worked with there for putting this book out. It wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Um, my editor, Nancy Paulson, and my art director, Cecilia Young, um, super brilliant women, and it was just such a really good experience. Um, okay. So the biggest thank you goes to my husband, Adam, who <laughs> puts up with a lot. <laughs> and he's my biggest fan. And he's always there to lend me his critical eye. And he's the, ins the essential ingredient in my creative process. And I'm really lucky to have another talented artist around me at all times. And. Um, it feels a little bit wrong not to have his name next to mine in the book. So, thank you so much. And we're celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary next month. And, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, becoming an illustrator is something I've dreamt of for a really long time. And this isn't my first attempt at writing a children's book. Um, for my fifth grade class, I wrote the book, The New Baby Loves Cookies, which I brought for you guys to look at. <laughs> and I hate to admit, it's a direct ripoff of a Roger Rabbit cartoon. <laughs> and I never said anything about it then, but my teacher was like, this is so brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, a few years later, I tried my hand at a classic fairy tale. Um, Snow White and the Evil Dwarfs. I don't know why I didn't illustrate a cover for it, but um, it's pretty awesome. It's literary gold, um, and everything's, everything's like a period classic fairy tale, except that um, Snow White gets to the woods by driving a car for some reason, <laughs> randomly. And the best thing about it, though, is that I dedicated it to um, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and <laughs> it says, this book is dedicated to Leo with a heart. Um, but I can see erased underneath that, um, my one and only Leo. <laughs> so I will have these for you guys to look at. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward uh, many more years and um, I found myself attending the for my first children's book conference at the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Um, they have a conference every year here in Los Angeles and um, there are thousands of people there and in the crowd I saw the sweetest little lady with a brightly colored hat and she looked like she came right out of a folk tale. And I wrote in my notebook, the acorn woman, hope, caring, self-empowerment, gathers little seeds and dresses them up. Some die, some grow. And that was the little spark of inspiration. Um, as a side note, uh, the woman, that woman who kind of became my muse for this character is also from LA and she's a talented author illustrator herself. Her name is Diane Browning. Uh, I don't think she's here, but shout out to her. Um, 
And that idea just sat in my notebook for about a year and a half. And at the following conference, I was given a mentorship award program with five other illustrators. And it was basically just to kind of help us get to that next step. Um, and one of my mentors was Cecilia Young, who's the art director at Penguin Books. And she um, invited us to just share any book dummies that we had with her. Um, a book dummy is like a rough sketch of the book, basically. And um, I, knew, I knew that this was the idea that I wanted to work on, um, but it just had just kind of been simmering for like a year. And about six months later, um, Adam and I found ourselves house-sitting for family friends um, in Wisconsin. And they were taking this trip to Africa to adopt a little girl. And they were going to be gone for six weeks. And it was the middle of winter. And they just kind of thought it would be nice to have people watching the house while they were gone. And um, I knew I sort of needed the creative time and space to work on this project. Um, and it was great. It, they're both artists, so they have this lovely, like, cabin-style house in the woods. And, um, and it was the middle of January, so we were snowed in most of the time. And it was, like, the perfect situation to just work. And... Um, I began sketching the character, and I wrote the story in about a week, which I have never been able to do again. <laughs> and it took me about that whole month to make a, a sketch mock-up of the book. Um, and then I basically, oh, I brought my original sketch for the, um, the like title page. And I'll kind of leave these. You guys can look at them. Um, and I also made, I created two sample pieces of artwork just to sort of give them an idea of what I was imagining. Um, so I brought those two. So that's one of them. And then that was another. And then the rest was basically just sort of a sketch mock-up of the whole book. And I sent that to Cecilia. And, you know, she said, thank you, I'll, I'll look at it as soon as I can, I'll get back to you in a couple weeks. And um, months went by, and I didn't hear back. And um, then a few, a few months later, it was April, and Adam and I were coming back to Los Angeles, and we were in Fargo visiting some friends on the way, and I received a random email, and the email said, um, hi, Eliza. I'm a publisher and editor at Penguin, and Cecilia shared your, shared your dummy with me. We're both intrigued with your work, and I have a few editorial comments I'd like to pass along to you based on the dummy sent in February. I'm working at home tomorrow, so we'll plan to get, get you my thoughts then. Best wishes, Nancy. Um, it was a pretty exciting email to get, but I was trying not to get my hopes up because you never really know what that means, um, but I also secretly had my hopes up. <laughs> um, and Nancy 
sent me really thoughtful comments about my story and I worked on revising it and sent her a couple rounds of revisions and then it wasn't until the following June that she called, basically called and said, you know, we're ready to offer you a contract. Um, so it was a really exciting moment. Um, and then over the next nine months, we just began the whole process of editing the book, working back and forth. Um, Cecilia Young, who is my mentor, was my art director for the book, so it was really cool to have her through the whole, you know, along for the whole process. And um, from the original sketches to the inks to the final artwork, it took about a year to finish it. And then in April two, 2012, um, I mailed the illustrations to New York. And I felt a little bit like Miss Maple sending off my seeds into the world. Um, and Penguin took over from there. They scanned the artwork. They did create a beautiful book design and put it through all the stages of color matching and printing, sales, marketing, promotion. And then on April 4th, 2013, three days ago, I walked into Skylight Books. <laughs> and there it was. And today you guys came to celebrate with me now. Thank you all for being here. want to do that. <laughs> so, should I read it? You guys want? So, I don't have a copy. So <laughs> um, my friend Toby asked me earlier if I've memorized the book, and I was like, I haven't memorized the book, I realized. Um, actually, can I get somebody to hold this for me? Anybody? Adam. Adam. <laughs> this is my husband, Adam. <laughs> so, you do the page turns. <laughs> Should I lick my finger like I did? Yeah, yeah. Sit cross-legged, really. That would be better. Can you guys hear me okay? Do the title page? Miss Maple Seeds, Story and Pictures by Eliza Wheeler. Published by Nancy Paulson, Penguin Books. And this is for my drawing teachers, Charlie Loom, Amy Fichter, David Zozel, the late Karen Johnson, and my dad. Can everyone see it? Should I do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. All right. On a bright August morning, Miss Maple flies home. She is hurried ahead of, of the flock to get ready for her guests. <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Miss Maple has traveled all summer long, searching the land for orphan seeds that got lost during the spring planting. She hopes to help them grow strong here in her tall maple tree and get ready for next year's planting. She learns each seed by heart, all similar, yet none the same. Take care, my little ones, Miss Maple says, for the world is big and you are small. 
and then there's all the seeds written in there. <laughs> but you can look at that later. <laughs> Miss Maple takes them on field trips to learn about being a seed. Some will be carried by the river and land in soft, muddy soils. Friends of the river will help them bloom in safe places. They tour the grassy fields and thick forests. Many seeds will be blown here, where rich soil will keep their pods healthy, and the sun and rain will help them grow tall. In bustling gardens, seeds must take, take care to steer clear of weedy characters. <laughs> Snuggled in each night, Miss Maple reads flower tales by firefly light. Before going to bed, she whispers, take care, my little ones, for the world is big and you are small. Winter comes with the snow, a time to stay cozy and dry. Neighborhood friends gather to share their supplies of hot maple syrup, old corn husks, and juicy fruit rinds. Together they pass the long months with stories and songs. When spring comes, thunderstorms pour curtains of rain. Don't be afraid, raindrops help us grow, Miss Maple says to the seeds. They learn to dance and burrow down into the muddy ground. On a windy May morning, the last spring petals drift down from the sky. The time has come for Miss Maple to send her seeds off to find roots of their own. They set out on an exciting new journey into the wide unknown. Some seeds will take root in nearby gardens, while others will travel on distant winds and faraway tides. Miss Maple has given them guidance and love, and now her part in their story has come to an end. They say their goodbyes with sweet memories past and bright futures ahead. As Miss Maple gazes out across the land below, she whispers, take care, my little ones, for the world is big and you are small. But never forget, what? Picture. <laughs> Even the grandest of trees once had to grow up from the smallest of seeds. Into the evening, she sips her green tea in the quiet hollow of the old maple tree. But the end of a season is a start to the next. One summer morning, Miss Maple grabs her willowweed hat, whistles a merry tune, and sets off to follow the faraway call of other lost seeds waiting to be found. That's it. The end. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for coming here, traveling far, and um, we have tons of food. Please eat it. It's dinner time, <laughs> so eat it. Um, amazing cupcakes. What's the name of the bakery or the baker? 
My delight cupcakery. Oh, Q and A. Yes. Okay. I'm new to this. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody have any questions? I have a question. Um, you said that um, you'd written the story in about a week, and then they had some changes. How much did it actually change from that original story? Was it just inserted it? It was. You know the like the text itself didn't change a whole lot. The manuscript, um, it was more tweaking, like the word, the wording of you know making it smoother and cutting down words, just trying to tell the story with the least amount of words possible. Um, there were in the artwork there were a couple full spreads that we um, their suggestion was to kind of let the ending take longer. You know I. I brought the ending too quickly, and they wanted more full spreads and page turns for those moments. So that the artwork changed more, I think, than the words. You mean in picture books, writing picture books? I think so. <laughs> I don't. It's funny, like I don't. I don't think of myself as a writer yet, you know, it's like, because <laughs> it's like I've always, you know, pursuing illustration, I kind of forgot about the writing aspect of that, and you don't have to be a writer in order to be an illustrator, but I knew I had stories that I wanted to tell, and so it kind of came with the story, you know, it's like the words came with the story, and that's my biggest um, sort of learning curve is the writing aspect, but um, but I was I wasn't a very good reader when I was younger. I, I read picture books, but you know I, after after pictures went away in books, I didn't read them. And I love now a lot of like middle grade novels, books for ages like eight to twelve are becoming more highly illustrated, and so I have. I have a few story ideas that I feel like could also work in a longer format, and so there are those kind of, you know, bouncing around. So, Mary. Um, I was just wondering, you're growing up in Wisconsin, how much that informed the, the environment of the book. It just, and also, I was intrigued to hear that you wrote it during the winter time because it doesn't feel like a, you know, winter book. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I definitely, I mean, definitely, that's Wisconsin. That's what I grew up with. Um, and it's funny. I'm not a good gardener at all. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, you know, we have this little studio apartment and no, no yard, no window box, no anything. But, but my grandma is always has always been a really big gardener, and my mom is a gardener and I think those influences especially the influence of my grandma is a really strong one on my writing and in more stories than just this one um, and what was the oh in the winter yeah I wrote it in the winter um, I don't know maybe I was like dreaming of what it would feel like to be warm or something and I like <laughs> but really the the artwork I was working on the artwork the finish artwork here and it was nice weather you know it was like maybe I was working from like September through April and 
you know, in LA, you can kind of get good inspiration for for the sunny washes and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> Your next book is going to be Doll Bones, mm -hmm. the Holly Black's new young adult book. Yeah. Can you talk a little about the illustrating for that? Because it just from the cover, which is an amazing cover, it's so thanks, like, thanks. How sort of darker it looks, and kind of compared to this and that. And yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if everybody heard Robin, but uh, she was talking about the book Doll Bones, which is by um, YA author um, Holly Black, and she's written a new middle grade, and I was commissioned to do the illustrations for it, which is a really cool experience. Um, and there, it's it's so it's such a different process, you know, like with the picture book, it's so time consuming and you're having to tell the story between the spreads, you know, so you're thinking about the page turns, you're thinking about the visual story and how it all connects from page to page. And the kind of fun thing about, and, and that's great, on its own, um, but it's great in a middle grade novel because the words are really telling the story and the illustrations sort of embellish or add to the mood of the story and the book is kind of a, it's about like a haunted doll, so it's a darker um, theme and I have in my portfolio I have l sort of light, younger, dark work and then I have a little bit older, or young, young bright work, I mean, and then older, darker work. And so I think, you know, they hired me for that aspect of my portfolio. And um, and it was just a really cool experience. Like, tr they kind of gave me, this is the scene that we want you to show. And then I kind of had to come up with the moment to show. And doing the cover artwork and all of that, just a fun process. A lot quicker, you know, like I think I worked on that project over two months and this process was a year of what I had and then the um, publishers had it for a, another year after that. So just different and they both have, you know, kind of their, the fun things that's unique about them. Thanks. <laughs> How did you get the idea of her Oh, that's a really good question. I was actually going to mention um, my inspiration for the book. You know, when I was little, I I don't really know exactly where it came from, but I drew pages and pages of little people living in trees, and I, I drew their house like a I drew a tree like a cross section, and I drew all the little rooms in the tree, and um, and I think. Part of it was um, Winnie the Pooh, uh, those characters live in trees, and the Berenstein Bears also live in, in trees, so I think I just loved, had that obsession, and so it was kind of neat pulling together different influences from childhood, you know, to create this character in her world, so. I do too. I wish I lived in a tree too. <laughs> Anybody else? Were there any differences between the original illustrations that you set off and what wound up on the printed? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the two, the um, the samples that I showed you aren't in the 
aren't in the book. You know, the this really the samples were kind of to communicate what I felt this book would look like. Um, but through the process of sort of rewriting and revising, those scenes changed. And so I ended up redoing them and, you know, to kind of keep the cohesive quality of the book running through the whole thing, um, I ended up doing all the artwork together. You know, so I had, I had basically 16 plywood boards with all the paper, um, tacked on to each one and I was working on washes you know I didn't start on an illustration and then finish it and then go on to the next one I kind of worked sort of base washes on all of them and then just built layers um, and um, I don't know if I'm answering your question the, how it changed how the illustrations changed from the sketches you're saying kind of Oh, oh, I see. You're saying the printed copy, how does that look in comparison to the artwork? I don't know. I, I think it looks great, but um, I don't have the final artwork. You know, I mailed it to them, and they um, scanned it and did all the color matching. I know they mailed the artwork to China with the to the printing press so that they could do um, rounds of printings and proofs and making sure the color was coming out as close as they could get it. Um, it'll be interesting once I get that final artwork back to look at it and put the book up next to it and see how it compares. Um, I think they may have uh, brightened the colors a bit or the in the printing it came out more saturated, which I think is good. Um, it kind of works, the colors popping more. So we'll see. Do I have a favorite spread? Um, I know there were m some that I spent more time trying to sort of perfect more than others, which sounds kind of mean to the other ones, but <laughs> um, definitely the one of her reading to the seeds in their little bed pods. I think that's one of my favorites, and her um, sending them out in the uh, lanterns on the water. I think those are my two favorite, and also the two hardest to do because they're dark scenes. And you know, in watercolor, you're building layers of color and darkness, and it was it was kind of hard to know how how dark to go. And I remember when I was working on the the nighttime one of the the seeds in their beds and um, I was realizing it was just still really washed out like I had done so many layers and and finally I I mixed a really dark color and I just covered the whole drawing basically in the you know sections that were supposed to be dark and Adam s walked up behind me as I was doing it he's like what are you doing and I'm like go away, go away, like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> He's like, okay, so he turns around. <laughs> and those are, like, those are the moments that I cannot answer the phone or have anything happen because if you stop in the middle of a wash, you can see it align where you stopped. And so it's very unforgiving. But luckily it, it turned out, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Anybody else? Yeah, is the storytelling process different from like writing a poem than as opposed to writing a children's book? Are there different I think so. I mean, I don't write a, I don't write poetry, which is kind of interesting. I should. I should try it, but um, it's a very intimidating art form to me. Um, I think with specifically with picture books, um, you know, you, you kind of have to think about word count a little bit, um, and it it seems kind of logistical, but uh, you know, parents often have to read these books over and over and over, and people's um, attention spans lessen and you know books 15 years ago used to be have a lot more words in them picture books and and now you kind of have to pare it down you know they say under 800 words is is ideal but you know there's all kinds of exceptions to that rule um, so that was something I thought about and the other thing that would be completely different is you know in poetry you're you're using language to sort of conjure imagery that you wouldn't be seeing whereas in a picture book you know you want to um, keep the words and pictures from being redundant you know so if you're showing it in the drawing, try to find words that complement that um, instead of just repeating what's going on. And I think that's definitely would be a difference. Thanks. Anybody else? <laughs> To like figure her out, it took a while actually. I I did draw, you know, when I'm not sure if you heard me earlier. If you just yeah, so I mentioned Diane Browning, who was my original um, inspiration when I saw her, and you know, it was like a year later that I actually pulled that character out and started working on her again and I went through a lot of sort of variations on her but I also made a doll of her to like try to get to know her better and I brought it she's there <laughs> um, and it, it was great it was a good way of like figuring out which part of her features I wanted to exaggerate like her nose um, Diane's Diane's nose is not that big, I promise. <laughs> I even apologized to her because she knew I was like basing a character on her and I'm like, I made her nose really big and that doesn't reflect who you are at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was fun. It was fun to see her in a three-dimensional light. And, and then I was able to sort of take her, she's basically made out of wire and fabric and um, like a, a clay doll maker. Um, material and I was able to take her and position her in all the poses that she was in the book and shine a light on her the direction that I wanted her to be in um, to kind of help me make sure I was being consistent with the character throughout 32 pages you know making sure she didn't look totally different from a profile than when she's straight on and that was Definitely challenging. So, anybody else? Was um, was Diane uh, solely a, a visual inspiration, or were there elements of her personality that? Oh, definitely uh, elements of her personality. Um, 
for anybody who kn I know a couple people know her here. She's an ad sweet, adorable woman, and she really like her. Even her artwork is is Miss Maple. Like her, her character is. She's like sort of this old-fashioned, sweet, rosy-cheeked, you know, happy woman, and and she was definitely the inspiration. But but I also felt like she she's a little bit of my grandma too. You know, she's a little bit of the teacher that we all had or hoped we had at some point, and I wanted her to feel universal in a, a sense. So. I know you've mentioned that um, there are a few things that when you see the final book, you go, your eye still goes to them. And you still yeah. Little, you're like little kind of mistakes or, yeah. So have you let go of that? Or have you let yeah, I, that's a really good question. Um, that's a really hard thing to do. You know, I think after every painting, I would agonize over things about it that weren't completely what I saw in my head. And I, I'm always chasing that image, you know? So, so what's on the page isn't always what I wanted it to be. But I also know that through this process, you know, maybe my skill is catching up with the image in my head. And so I need to be okay with saying, this is what I can do right now. And my next book is going to be even better than this, you know, or that's what drives me. So it's almost a really motivating thing rather than an agonizing thing. Like now it's a year since I've worked on the artwork or hand, you know, since I mailed it off and um, I, I'm definitely excited about it. And I don't agonize over those little things that I know I did when I worked on it and finished the artwork. Um, so I feel like it's kind of about acceptance, but then also motivation to do better and say like, I can do, I, I know I'm gonna draw this next time or improve upon one aspect of the craft of illustrating. Uh, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> My husband asked that. So. <laughs> um, so I'm working on a picture book right now, another picture book, and that's through Peachtree Publishers. And it's the author is Mara Rockcliffe. So this is now working on a manuscript that isn't mine, which is a lot of fun. It's it takes a lot of the like hard brain work out of it because they've already done all the hard work, and so now I'm taking you know going forward with all the hard work of actually you know making it real and turning it into illustrations. Um, so I'm working on that right now. And I'm also working on, what am I working on? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I'm writing, I'm writing, illustrating, and um, I'm working on a new story for Penguin Books. I do have a follow-up contract with them, um, which is really exciting. It's, it's a blank contract, which means we don't know what the book is yet. And I'm just working back and forth, pitching ideas to them, and we're sort of in in the slightly later stage of, of creating ideas for the book. So I'm pretty sure I know what the book is going to be, but they can still say, maybe this isn't quite right for us. Let's 
work on another one, so it's very up in the air. Um, and I've got a couple more middle grade projects, illustrations for middle grade novels coming later this year, which is really exciting. It's great to like switch back and forth between those projects because they take, they use different creative processes. So yeah, some exciting things. Well, please, um, once again, a big applause for Alexa. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.